Welcome to the Empowered Women's Project, a podcast and community made by women for women to help you live your best life and reconnect you back to the things that really matter. Today, we are joined by an incredible friend and mentor of mine, Kim Shaw. Kim Shaw is a life coach. She is a super mama of three. She's a successful businesswoman and also has really competed from an athletic perspective at a high level. And so today we are talking all things around her journey and what she's really learned through sports, through raising a family, some of her younger lessons as well, how you can implement some change into your life and particularly for any mamas out there who have teenage daughters, Kim works a lot empowering teenage girls to really define and create their own identity so that they don't get caught up in so much of the confusion that is out there nowadays for girls. I think back to when I was growing up and when social media didn't exist and it's a completely different game. So she works closely empowering teenage girls and you are going to get a lot out of this whether you are a mama-to-be or if you have a girlfriend with teenage I really recommend you pass this podcast on as well. So let's jump in. Hey everyone, it's Kate here and I'm so excited to be on with a special guest, uh, Kim Shaw. I've known Kim, we were just working out before. It's almost 16 years since we first met at an Anthony Robbins seminar, um, something that's been a huge part of my life and I know for Kim as well. And one of the things that I was you know, thinking about before we jumped on today's um, interview is the things that I have admired about Kim um, in her journey. She's a mama of three. She's an incredible businesswoman. Um, She's so incredibly loyal and connected to her family and also has a real passion for helping people live their best life. And so Kim's probably a few years ahead of me as far as parenting and business and all of those things. I've always looked up to her and kind of gone, okay, what would she do in this situation? And I'm really excited to be sharing, you know, her wisdom with you uh, listening today. Uh, And so thanks for jumping on, Kim. I'm really excited. I am so super excited for this, Katie. It's, um, as you were saying, like reminiscing about how, you know, how we met and how long ago we met. And, you know, I often think you, you will often say to me what you admire about the parenting and being a few years ahead. I find that really quite funny because <laughs> I go straight to, okay, yeah, I may be ahead in age, but I'm not necessarily 100% sure I'm ahead with, um, with the parenting. But we're all learning all the way along and that's something that I really love. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, you're married to your high school high school sweetheart still, which is pretty special. And um, your kids are now kind of into their late teens and early twenties, which is really special too. But one of the things, you know, we we connected around personal development and being a part of Anthony Robbins events. And you have really stepped into an incredible leadership position within his. Um, I guess, company and and the way that you're helping people, which is really special. But I know your leadership kind of goes way back to your days in the sporting field as well. Um, So I'm excited to kind of hear some of that journey and and how those lessons kind of have played out in life as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to share them. I'm excited to share them. So why don't you um, maybe share a little bit of your life story and kind of where where your hunger for, um, you know, learning to grow and, and become your best self kind of came from so we can find out a bit more about you. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I guess I'm a, 
I had two older brothers, um, so we have a family of five. We were brought up in Brisbane. I uh, had a holiday house down the coast, so we spent a lot of our time jumping in between in between homes. And we spent our um, our younger years, and which turned into our our um, teenage years, in sports. Our parents always had us in sports. I know that they were deliberately wanted us in sport. And I'm not 100% sure why or if they were consciously aware of the lessons that those sports would, would give us, in particular myself, what I've become conscious about um, and how I've used them in my life, but it was, certainly was a gift and I'm forever grateful that they did do that. Um, so we, um, I left school in Year 10. It was a thing to do back then. Um, <laughs> you sort of only really stayed on to year 12 if you were going to go to university. So year, after I left year 10, I went into the legal industry and was a, um, a receptionist and then what you call a word processor operator, which was really just a glorified um, typewriter. And, yeah, I worked in the legal industry and was typing at that stage for five different solicitors. So that was uh, that was a pretty cool thing to be doing. Yeah, that's um, awesome. From, yeah, yeah, it was great. And then from there I did some travel with a girlfriend. I had a, a real yearning for travel and I loved that and people. And I really started to learn that I what I wanted to learn about people was how does the mind tick? What is something what what makes us do what we do and what drives us, I guess. Um, and in those early years, my dad had actually nominated me to go to um, a Rotary Le- uh, Leadership um, Awards um, week-long personal development event. Um, I won the award. I don't exactly know why, but I did. I won the award. I went along, made some incredible friends Mind you, I went a little bit kicking and screaming because I was like, I don't need this, you know, um, I, I don't, there's nothing wrong with me. So I sort of had that little bit of a resistance and then I found it to be one of the best things that I actually ever did. And I think that's where my passion for personal development first started. Amazing. And so... It's interesting, you know, sometimes our parents, you know, as a well-meaning parent, we might see a potential or an opportunity for our kids and kind of if when we meet it with resistance and it's like, no, I don't want to do it, just actually sometimes following through because sometimes it's the greatest gift that we can end up passing on or, or receiving as well. It's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I know you're you're really passionate about um, helping teenage, particularly girls as well, um, really kind of step into their power. And I think I think back to when I was a teenager and the pressures on us without Instagram and you know photo, like all these things. I look at some of the photos when I was a kid. I'm like, oh my gosh! And <laughs> you probably got some of those haircut photos and whatever as well. But back then, it didn't matter. And now there's this extra layer of pressure and, and um, yeah, I think social media and, and all of these things kind of bring a, a different um, stress and pressure to teenage girls. So I love you to share a little bit around your passions around that. I know you have a teenage daughter as well and, and being able to help kind of guide them through what you've personally experienced growing up as well as um, the insights you have around your coaching too. 
Um, yes, so I feel that, I honestly feel that life is a gift and that we're put on, we're put on this earth to, um, to make a difference and to share what we learn and give to others, like pay it forward, I guess, is the, is the, the general term that people can relate to. Um, but you're right, there are so many pressures with social media. There's so many pressures with what other people think that you should be, how you should turn up, and also pressures from your parents, expectations from other people. And what I've found for me is that I lived so many years following what other people really wanted for me and I enjoyed it because I was brought up in an environment where you strive to be happy. It was just one thing that you did. So I enjoyed everything that I was doing, but I was also narrowing off other opportunities that and and not taking other opportunities of things that I that were put in front of me, which could have made my life even more happy. And um, so I made a decision that with everything that I would learn along the way, as you said, you know, through the Anthony Robbins environment, which I've now been in for over 20 years. That's and, amazing. Um, yeah, so I'm one of, uh, one of his senior trainers now in the environment and it's really I've learned so much about myself and about other people and it seems a shame that I wouldn't want to help other, other people. And the reason why... Um, I love working with women and teenage girls and boys in particular, um, girls in particular, but boys and girls. And the reason why I love it is because they will not build the same negative um, stories around their life experiences if they become more aware of who they are as a person. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I, if, we, if I know some things or I have a little bit of wisdom that I can pass on and help guide them so that they don't make some of the same mistakes or choices or um, have negative beliefs about themselves along the way, that will help them create more success in areas that they want to create, I want to be there for them. So that's where... You know, I guess that's my big why of reason why I want to do it. I want to be able to leave the legacy and inspire and help people design a life that they want on their terms. Mm. And when people start to understand what it is that they want in life, what drives them, what patterns are holding them back and what and what they need in life they really get the opportunity to create a life of their dreams and create whatever success that they want in any area whether it be relationships financial career sporting health in particular I'm extremely passionate about because I believe the health is not just about the physical body it's about the it's about the soul and the you know and the mind Mm. very much about that in the spirit so if I can help people do that that's part of what I'm here for that's awesome and you know with the people that you've been coaching over the years do you find that um do you see patterns where or cycles where you see a lot of people um 
trying to live up to other people's expectations or holding other people's opinions in a higher esteem than their own? And what are some of the big challenges that you've seen that a lot of people tend to be facing at some point in their life? I think confusion, to be honest. Um, I think people are looking at all these different images, let's just say body image for one. There's one that, that has come up recently and it's about what is health. Is it about having a healthy body that works really well for you, that takes you where you want to go, that gives you the energy and the, um, the drive to want to get on and enjoy your life or is it about what you look like? Mm. And when you, if you have a look at social media and you think, okay, well, you want to have that big booty or you want to not have that big booty because it just makes you look fat, you know, and people are confused as to what looks great rather than just working with what they have and making it better. And it just if I did, I'm all for keeping life simple. Mm. And I think one of the biggest challenges is that people just get confused because they're looking at that too many options, too much information that's out there and not making choices based on what it is that they want. And I believe that if you want to make yourself a better version of yourself, you really need to know where you are to start with. So you really need to measure where you are so that you can, you know, just become conscious about where you're at and not make decisions based on what other people think that you should look like or other people's opinions. So I think measuring, for me, it's really just about guiding them to measure where they are now so that they can move forward because without knowing where you are, how do you know what better version you can become of yourself? You're just layering on someone else's beliefs and you keep layering all these things on top but you, you really forget who you are underneath. Mm. And I think, you know, when you're living up to all of these other expectations or supposed expectations of others, life gets heavy. It, it, you know, there's not that joy and, um, and lightness to, to what you get to experience. So what are some things that people could do um, to assess where they are now in whatever part of life? Are there some questions they can ask or is there a process that you would recommend to kind of have a bit of a, a self-assessment of well, where am I at to start with before I figure out what I want? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I just like to take it back to the real, the real basics and just you can easily just write a list. What makes me happy? What brings happiness and joy into my life? And once you start, once you start writing, and then if you don't feel like you're coming up with enough, I always say to people, just keep writing. Come up with the smallest things. Keep things really simple. So it's seeing a beautiful sunflower. It's watching your friends smile. It's seeing your parents happy. It's seeing your your children laughing. You know, keep keeping things really simple. Walk, I walk on the beach. What is it? What are some of the things that actually make you happy? Once you discover some of the things that make you happy, I think it then becomes easier for you to say, am I doing those things right now? How am I, how am I living my life right now? Am I living with on the road to happiness? Am I actually living my life in a way that is going to take me towards happiness? And then once you realise that 
a lot of us aren't and we're, we're becoming very busy doing a whole lot of things that may not necessarily need to be done, it, um, it's a really good way of measuring. So, And you can do that for each area of your life. So you can, you can, you know, there's plenty of life wheels out there actually on the internet. You can just Google what's your life wheel and then on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you in your happiness in that space of your life? And I think that's the, really the place to start. I love that because I think most people, when you ask them, well, what would you love in your life? The list of that doesn't come to mind as easily as, well, I can tell you everything I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to be this weight. I don't want to have debt. I don't want to have this. Like the, the list of what we don't want often is the at the forefront of our mind than actually the things we want to move towards. Yeah, absolutely. And if they're the answers you're coming up with, well, you know, I don't want to be in an unhappy relationship. I don't want to um, be overweight and unhappy. I, well, then you just you just need to ask that one uh, that one question: What is it that I do want mm. instead? And if you add the instead onto the end of it, that's what's going to be the thing that's going to help give you the answer. That's awesome because it really, as we've learned through Tony, you know, the quality of our life comes down to the quality of the questions we're asking ourselves. And a lot of us, and I think what I love about the work you're doing, particularly with teenagers, is you're teaching them strategies and questions that they can be asking themselves that their parents didn't know. Like I, I look at uh, what I've learned and being able to teach my eight-year-old daughter some quality questions that I think back to when I was that age or as a teenager and it's more like, why me? You know, what's wrong with me? All of these other things instead of actually flipping it and being able to be empowered in situations instead. Yeah, absolutely. And you can even really stack on that too is once you come up with the answer of what it is that you do want, you can just say, what else do I want? Because we can have it all. Mm. There's no reason that we actually can't have it all. And if you're asking, like you say, those those quality questions, you're going to get quality answers out of them. But if you're saying, why me? Why does this always happen to me? How come I'm like this? Why am I never good enough? You're going to get answers to those questions. And they're not going to serve you. So it's... Um, what do I love about myself? What are my strengths? How can I put them into practice? Who can? Who do I know who's already done this that can help me get what it is that I want? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah. And for, um, I guess, parents listening right now, if they're observing, and obviously we need to go first, but if they're observing in their teenagers those questions coming up, what's a gentle way of helping them ask something differently? Because, you know, some teenagers, they, well, I, I don't have experience of having one as my child just yet, but you think about some just like, eh, mum and dad, whatever. But, you know, it's being able to have the conversations and I know you've done a beautiful job of that with your kids and, and the teenagers that you work with. I think it's really, it's honestly about entering into their world, trying to understand where they're coming from and not put expectations on them. So it's about spending time with them in a space where they feel comfortable and then being able to say to them, look, can you help me? Can you help me understand? 
I'm not really sure what it's like to spend a day in your shoes. Mm. What's it like to spend a day in your shoes? What's it like to be in your world? I like that. I remember a conversation, um, I think we were out to dinner with some girlfriends and you were sharing how you, you learned that um, conversation time was actually really good in the car, one-on-one with, with your kids. Can you talk into that? Because I love that when you shared. <laughs> and I sort of make fun of that because it's so true. Once I learned that I could just sit there, the children, you, your children don't feel, um, uh, they, they don't feel intimidated by you. They can, they, but they also can't go anywhere. <laughs> you can ask them a, you can ask them a question and because you're not because you're traveling somewhere generally they want to be going with you to where they're going so you're already doing them you're doing them a favor so you're sort of like banking into their emotional bank account <laughs> along the way and you just start asking questions and start talking but I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is to um just understand that we're human as well and we want them to understand that we are really human and share some stories that we have of our own past and our own experiences Mm. and then start the conversations going that way. And certainly on the way to school, it was always a great opportunity to be able to bring up conversations around just around life around matters around lunch boxes it could be it doesn't really matter what it was it didn't always have to be deep and trying to it just had to be meaningful yeah and I think that's what was important to me and because you were both looking forward it wasn't like eye contact and this serious conversation you found they opened up more to you than they typically would have had it been you know across the table or something Absolutely. And they were usually being a little bit fidgety or looking outside at at what the weather was doing and the words were coming out of their mouths often without even knowing. Yeah. Another tip is to ask some great questions while their friends are in uh, in the car because if their friends are in the car, they generally the friends might answer or your child may answer, but then you've all of a sudden got a group conversation and that third party in there that can can add something more to the conversation so that's I always found that very valuable as well yeah I love that that's awesome thank you for sharing um earlier as well you were um we were discussing before we started the the interview just some areas of life kind of like the three r's that you really kind of learnt through sport and other parts of life that you see as a, a big pillars in in your life and and how to how to move forward can you speak a little into that absolutely would love to would love to i um became conscious of this a few years ago that um I came up with for one of our workshops to talk about respect, responsibility and resilience. And when I was going over what my life story was about, I realised I got those in my early days of playing sport. Because, But when you're part of a team, whether it's a, uh, a single sport or whether it's a team sport, you still have to have respect. The first one is respect. You must have respect for yourself to be able to step out on that field or on that court or to dive in the pool, whatever it is. And with that, there's always a coach. There's some sort of 
competitor. There's someone that is always going to be your, beside you, whether it be your parents or your, your husband or your wife or your children, but there's always going to be someone there. So having respect for yourself and others I think was a really big thing I learned straight up. The next one is responsibility. When you're part of a team, whether it be a, a family team, a workplace team, or a sporting team, whatever team it is, it may be just a team of girlfriends, like you said, when you know we're out for it. To me, that's still part of a team. You know, you we all have a responsibility to show up in a way and show up in a way that can make a difference and help others lift each other up. And I believe that's what responsibility is. And then the third one's resilience. I was always one that wanted to make sure I was on that team. <laughs> I wanted to be in the run-on side. I wanted to play the position that I wanted to play because that's where I felt my most happiness in, in that sport. So there were times that I didn't make the team and I didn't make the run-on side. And they were the best lessons that I ever had. You know, it made me a lot more resilient. And so that later on down the track in my, in my life, I found that if I ever have any challenges, they are three things that just keep popping up, you know, like if, if I've got a challenge and I want to make a difference, well, I have to come at it from a respectful space. Mm. I've got a responsibility to, to make that challenge right or better. And I also, you know, I've got that resilience that I've built up over the years. So when you, when you have a challenge and life it does throw us challenges, you need to have a resilience. So they're my three lessons that I it's, that I have lived by and I'm so grateful for playing sport to be able to receive those lessons and learn them over the years and do something with them. It's interesting touching on sport and it's played a huge um, role in my life as well. There's that when we were obviously growing up, there was always a scoreboard. So there was a, a winner and a loser. And some days that was great. And then other days that sucked. But, you know, you learn how to, you, you, deal, you dealt with different emotions through that. And sometimes it might not have been fair, but it does. It, it prepares you for life in a way because sometimes things happen that aren't fair. Sometimes, you know, someone does do the wrong thing. Sometimes you win and then life is sweet. And then other times it doesn't go that way. And it's interesting now um, with a lot of sports up until a certain age, there's actually not a, a scoreboard. There is this kind of like where you're just playing to play. And I think there, it's lovely as well. Is it actually, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Is it actually helping create resilience in kids to be prepared for, you know, when it doesn't necessarily go to plan? Because one of the things I've observed, um, in, you know, in our traditional business, we, we hired a lot of, I think, well, we had seven businesses over the years, hired a lot of people. And an observation that I saw as a trend was that there were many people that were lacking resilience, that they didn't have that real like, that go-getter attitude that I, I guess I grew up with. I don't know if that just came from my parents or different circumstances and that kind of came out in me. But, I, you know, if you see people that are really going for it in life um, and are putting themselves out there, they have resilience. It's absolutely a key part of that journey as an athlete, as just someone, you know, going for that job or going for that relationship, whatever it is, there's resilience there. So I'd love to know your thoughts around that. Uh, as far as resilience, I think your initial your initial question was just playing sport for the for the idea of playing sport. 
I think that's it's a situation specific. So if you're playing in a club situation or you're playing in a, um, you know, a situation where you want to be competitive and then you're out there just playing for the sake of, of playing, I think there's a fine line. I think in, it would it's great to be in a space that makes you happy. Mm. So if you want to be competitive, go into a competitive sport. If you want to just go and play for the sake of playing, I think it's great because it's really good for your health and we should all be out being active. As far as the resilience that goes with it, I do believe that over time some of the resilience has been almost stripped Mm. of some people because everything becomes so politically has become so politically correct over time that it's really nice to be able to award everybody a ribbon and cheer everybody on I get that it also doesn't teach I, I think there's so many lessons in sport and anybody I know as you say that is um successful has a lot of resilience and I just I think it's important that if children aren't going to actually learn it through a sport to learn it in some other way and Mm. it's it's really important and I think it goes back to the responsibility it's a responsibility of the parents to help the children let them fall it's okay to not win every time. It's mm. okay to not get everything that you want all the time because that's when you that's when you grow. That's when you really learn what it takes to be able to make happen what you want happen in life. Mm. And if if you if you've got teenagers and they want a new car, the way that they'll often learn is to save up themselves, not necessarily just giving it to them. That's just a, an example, just yep. into my head. And I think it's really super important. And I also think as as mentors and as um, bosses, I think they should help bring and grow their staff. And if their staff fail, just help them learn what's the new thing rather than think, oh, you know, and just keep letting them fail and then get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's where responsibility comes in as well. I think resilience is one of the biggest things in life. Yeah. I love that. One of the things um, I've observed in uh, over the years since knowing you is you're so hungry to learn and to to better yourself in different ways, whether it's your fitness. I mean, you played sport at a really high level, um, whether it's your health. Where, like, There's always another level. Where does that hunger come from and, and how... Um, who are some of your mentors, I guess, that you have really kind of helped shape that for you? My dad was definitely a a really strong role model in my life growing up. My mum was really active as well in sport until she had children. So she always she had her stories as well. And she was just like she had she had a lot of lot of fight in her. Mm. She was she was not not very tall, but she would always say, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. Mm. So that saying would always, you know, keep ringing in my ears. But my dad was sort of like if I would get upset and start, it's not necessarily even about sport, about anything, and I was becoming unreasonable, he would say, I love you, now go to the bathroom, wash those tears away and come out with a smile on your face and then we can talk about it. So I was just gradually, the, the negative patterns were gradually being 
um, I guess, washed away or made mm. smaller and then he would make the happiness shine and then that created, I think that really helped create resilience over time. Yeah. What beautiful lessons from your yeah. parents as well. The, the other thing that comes to mind, Katie, is in my older years after I've had children is I feel like I can't be asking of other people what I'm not prepared to do myself. Mm. So if, you know, if my children want to do well in sport, I feel that they need to be able to see someone, you know, who they love and admire that is doing the same thing, who is digging deep. And you can't just rely on the third party of the school or the role models in that sport. You know, you really got to help carve that path and be the leader for your own children. So that's what would drive me to, if I wanted if I wanted to be asking more of my children or encouraging more, more to the point mm. um, of my children so they could achieve what they wanted, I needed to be prepared to take actions in different areas and make myself stronger and mm. smarter and wiser and healthier as well. I love that. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes we we speak into our children and we tell them you can do anything you put your mind to and, and you know, we say all these beautiful things, yet we aren't saying that to ourselves, and we're not maybe backing ourselves or putting ourselves in that in that uh, uncomfort zone to be able to stretch and, and grow and show them. And, and as we know, children don't do what we tell them to. They do what they see us doing. And so I think that's a, that's a, a really beautiful point that you touch on because it's... It, and it doesn't mean you have to go and become an elite athlete so that they can too, but it, it's them seeing you as, as a role model stretching and getting outside of the comfort zone. Absolutely. I mean, if if I'm lying on the couch eating Tim Tams all day and I'm saying to my child, okay, you need to go out and go for a run around the block because you need to be healthy, it's going to give that whole confusion, that message we were talking about before, you know, that gives a confusion and and then their minds, then they start doing things out of obligation and they're not necessarily doing things because it feels right. So yeah. then they have that push-pull inside um, of confusion. Mm. Makes makes life complex. Life doesn't need to be complex. No, it doesn't. And I like what you said just back earlier, just writing a list of the things that bring you joy, the things that make you happy. It, it doesn't have to be this intricate thing. It can be the simple things like a you know like walking your dog or going on the beach or playing with your kids or the other night we were um, we had a huge ridiculous pile of washing which is not enjoyable at all but we turned it into fun by having some quality time with the family and we were throwing clothes at each other and folding them and having this bit of a game. And it's like, you can bring fun. You just got to ask the right questions first before you go into a certain situation to kind of put a spin on things. But like you said, most people just aren't even asking themselves those questions to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point because if you're going into folding the washing and you're (laughs) The dreading every bit of it, of course it's not going to be fun, but it's yeah. like how can I make this fun and how can I um, have include other people in this and enjoy the process? Yeah. It's like when you go to clean the house, how can I, can I enjoy this? So you put on some music or you listen to a podcast or whatever it is that it's going to help you enjoy it a little bit more rather than resent that mould that you're trying to scrub off the shower. Oh, I love it. I'd love to know, what are some of your favourite quotes that have inspired you over the years? 
Oh, wow. Um, okay, so this one I've just like in the last, probably in the last six months I've really, really taken to and I'm, I, it, it's not something that I didn't know about before but it's just one of my new favourites and it's just your thoughts about everything create your destiny. Mm. Be careful what you think because what you think will event, you will eventually say. What you say you will eventually become your actions and your actions will become your habits and your habits will become your destiny. Because there's that flow-on effect for everything that we do and everything that we say. So I love that one. Another, another one is um, Always Be the Leading Lady of Your Own Life. It's mm. by Audrey Hepburn. I like that. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's great to have that. I mean, I'm the one that's responsible for my own life. Doesn't no, one's coming. no one's coming to rescue you. <laughs> no, and we had this conversation not that long ago, you know, when I was going through a few challenges earlier on in the year. You know, I'm, I, I've got lots of people around me to support me, which is awesome. So they can come to the gym with me, but I've got to lift the weights. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible. So, yeah, I love that. Um, I have another question. I think I know the answer, but I need to know. Morning tea or happy hour? Oh, yeah, happy hour. (laughs) I knew it. I I definitely love happy hour. I do love my cup of tea. I know. (laughs) Pretty much, um, you know, if I'm awake for 16 hours of the day, it's with me probably 14 hours of the day, my tea. Um, But I don't, I rarely have scones. (laughs) <laughs> really have scones, I love it. Um, and, and just in, in, in wrapping up today, and I'm so grateful for everything that you've shared. And I know there's there's probably many more podcasts that we can be doing around some specific topics, but um, is there any particular tips that you'd like to leave us with today with what we've spoken about? I would probably say take time to take time. Mm. We take time to be with yourself, get to know yourself and be present with others. That's one of the biggest things that I, I learned. I, you know, I learned it many years ago now, but I was, you know, I was like a little social butterfly everywhere. And it's really great to have that and to, you know, be a people person and 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 um, love to have lots of friends, but it's also really important to get to know yourself. So take time to have to take time. And the other thing I would probably say is just choose to be happy Mm. and just choose to have fun in life. We can. We can, yeah. And and it comes back to those questions that we're asking ourselves and, and, you know, being sometimes it might feel like, it's a bit forced to begin with because it's because we've been conditioned or we've conditioned our mind to think a certain way for so many years. But when we start to make that a new habit, just like anything, it feels awkward in the beginning, but then all of a sudden you find yourself asking better quality questions. So you can find the joy in something where you might not have before or you know that you embrace the challenge instead of resenting it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's it's so important as to what with what we've been through this year with the pandemic that we do take time Mm. to take time with other people. The world needs us to step up and, you know, lead with love and to choose happiness because it really can be sometimes we don't know where to start 
as you say, you know, we have all these um, old patterns that have been there for a really long time. But once you've made a decision to choose happiness, the how will follow. You just need to, you just need to take action. You need to take that five second, take, do that five second rule where, um, okay, I'm going to choose to be happy, and then within five seconds say, what do I need to do that's going to bring some more joy and happiness into my life? And if you don't, if we don't really know, you just reach out and you ask for somebody. There's always going to be somebody there for you. And if you don't know someone, pull someone off the street. <laughs> it's a great way of making new friends. I love that. Very true. I love that. Well, thank you so much. How can our listeners learn more about you or connect with you? Uh, well, they can connect with me on Instagram, um, um, live to feel alive. Uh, they could email me if they wanted to at Kim, K-Y-M, at live to feel alive, L-I-V-E-T-O-F-W-E-L-A-L-I-V-E.com.au. Our website will be coming soon. Um, yeah, so that would be awesome. Amazing. And we'll pop those links into the show notes as well. Thanks again, Kim, for sharing your wisdom. And I'm so grateful for our 16 years of friendship so far. It's been such a beautiful ride. And um, there's so much wisdom that I'm really excited to continue to learn from you and also share with all of our listeners as well. So thank you so much. Such an awesome episode today with Kim and she has so much wisdom to share. We would love you to share some of the things that you're taking away from today's episode, some things you're looking to implement, maybe some tips that you picked up on and particularly around how you can start to create more resilience in your life as well. As we said, you can contact Kim at Instagram on live to feel alive and we'll pop her contact details into the show notes as well. We're definitely going to have her back on a future episode because she's got so much wisdom to give and we look forward to continuing to share the journey of how you can live an empowered life following our podcast and our community. So thanks again for your support. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you on a future podcast.